0: Colin last week preached on, anyone know, the very heart of what it means to be wise. And he summed up all 6,000 years of philosophy and people searching what true wisdom is and knowledge into two words. What was it? Fear Fear God. That's right. Fear God. Look at Proverbs 1, 7. This is the theme of Proverbs. It says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. The fear of the Lord, to delight in the Lord. I mean, the... Those that fear the Lord in this sense, that reverence him, that are in awe of him, that know him, are believers. Proverbs is uh, book 31 chapters. It is written by a couple of different sages, is what they call them, different preachers of wisdom. Solomon is the main one here. And it was written to the youth. All right. It was written to young people and it was written for the people of Israel and also it has universal principles as well. But it's, for, it's written to those that are already in covenant with God. And so some people view Proverbs as just these nice little sayings that um, they're, just, it's, they're very practical, which they are. But they must be read in its proper context because the book of Proverbs is right in the middle of the story of redemption. And so when you're reading any book of the Bible, you should be asking, how does the book of Proverbs fit into the large narrative, the meta-narrative? Just like the meta-verse, meta, the grand, the big, all right? Uh, Meta-narrative, the big story. How does the book of Proverbs fit into it? And how does Jesus says all the Old Testament is about me. It points to my death and resurrection. How does these wisdom sayings point to Jesus? And so every single sermon, we hope to show you that. And if we don't preach Christ, then you could come up to me and say, hey, man, that was a law sermon. Make sure you give me some gospel next time. Okay? so that's why we're in the book of Proverbs. It was December in 1915 on the Japanese island of Hokkaido, Hokkaido, when one of the worst bear attacks took place. The island was home to a subspecies of brown bears called Ysuri. Anyone here heard of these beer, bears? Beers. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <laughs> duh, bears. How many people have heard of it? These brown bears called usurai, and they could grow larger than grizzlies. And one of these bears went on a killing spree this December in 1915 that ended up with seven people dead, mostly women and children. It ravaged this village. They said that the bear weighed 750 pounds and measured nine feet long. The bear was so ravenous, not even the town security squad could stop it. In fact, they shot it multiple times in the head and it still killed more people. It went on it made it matter. It made it it made it worse. Until they had to call in some professional hunters that successfully killed it. But it was only after killing seven people. Man, that's kind of scary. Have you ever, anyone ever encounter a bear before? They are massive. They are huge. They are scary. Anyone ever want to encounter a mother bear who's been robbed of her cubs? Oh, man. It's like when I, you know, just, yeah, I, I don't even know where I'm going to go there. But, you know, I'm not a mother and I wouldn't know what that's like. But, you know, I'm sure that some mothers are like, you know, mess with my kids. I'm coming after you. But it's not even close to a mother bear, right? That's frightening. It's one of the most deadly creatures on the planet. But do you know what's worse to encounter in this life? In the Bible, according to the Bible. Proverbs 17, 12. Let a man meet a she-bear robbed of her cubs rather than a fool in his folly. No, you know what's worse than a ravenous bear is a fool. More dangerous is a fool. And tonight that's the topic. We're talking about fools, right? I know you probably go, hey, what's up fool? I don't know if they say that anymore. I don't know if that's necessarily a good word to use after this sermon. So we might have to change our vocabulary here. And so to keep it simple, we're going to look, we're going to answer four questions. What is a fool? What is a fool like? What is the fool's end? Like where it's like, what will happen to the fool? What is a fool's end? And is there any hope for fools? Okay. Those four questions. Number one, what is a fool? You're like, okay, I definitely don't wanna run into a bear that's been robbed of her cubs, but the Bible says that a fool is much more frightening, and I don't wanna run into them either. What if I'm the fool? What is a fool? Well, when I sat down to study, if you read the book of Proverbs, you'll find that the word fool is used a lot of times. It talks about the wise man, and it contrasts that with the fool. And I did a word search on the word fool in the Hebrew Bible, so in the Old Testament, it's written in Hebrew, and the New Testament is written in what? Anyone know? Greek. Greek, That's right. In its original manuscripts. Okay. So out of the Old Testament, the word fool is used 108 times. And there's eight different words in the Hebrew language that describe the fool. Out of those eight words that describe the fool, three of them are used in Proverbs with a grand total of 64 times. So 108 times out of the whole Old Testament, the fools used the word fool. 60, did I say 68? 64 times it is used in Proverbs. This is this was supposed to help me out, it's not helping me out right here, alright? The point is, is that Proverbs has a lot to say about the fool. And there's three year uh, three words that you'll find, and they mean this. What is the fool? literally it means an ignoramus you heard that word before a fool is a stupid person in other words it's literally i looked up in my greek or my hebrew dictionary and it said an idiot that's literally what it means like the very definition of a fool is i know we use that language but in its serious connotation it is a stupid person it is someone who is foolish it's someone who hates knowledge It's someone who does not delight in understanding. So a fool is a person. It's a noun, person, place, or thing. But it's also used as an adjective. So it describes foolish behavior or character traits. So fools don't care about God. They don't fear God. They don't acknowledge God. They reject God. And therefore, they reject all wisdom and knowledge. So anyone that rejects God rejects true knowledge and wisdom. Because as we learn... The fear of the Lord is the beginning of all what? Proverbs 1.7. What does it say in your Bibles? The, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of all knowledge. That's right. True knowledge and understanding and wisdom must start with God. And if you don't love God or know God and you reject God, then you won't have knowledge. I put at the top of your sheet. Everyone has it. It describes what a fool is or foolishness. And it says that it's characterized by thoughts, behaviors, attitudes, or judgments that lack sense, prudence, and discretion. Foolish behavior may be immoral or dangerous, just flat out dangerous, and is often used for self-destructive tendencies. Foolishness stands in contrast to wisdom, prudence, and sound judgment. So, for example, when I was about in third grade, a good example of what a fool is, is when me and my neighbor friend decided that it would be really cool to make dirt clods. You guys know what that is. It's pretty much like balls of dirt. It's kind of like mud, but we make these balls of dirt and we spent about 30 minutes just chucking it at that kid's garage door. <laughs> so he thought it was so cool because it would we'd throw it and it would just stick. Right, dude? I'm like, that's so cool, man. So we're just like chucking it at this thing. And so the dad rolls up from work and his garage door is just covered with it, right? Now, I'm a young kid. I'm not necessarily being sinful, though, like in my intentions, though I was not loving my neighbor, so I did break God's law on that. But I was just being foolish. Like what was, I'm pretty sure my dad said, what were, what were you thinking? And you're like, I just thought it was fun. I felt like doing it. Why did you do that? I felt like it, right? Anyone use that excuse before? That's the excuse of a fool, right? A little bit older, you would think that I would learn from my mistake. Um, Me and my buddies thought it would be really cool to throw pocket knives at our fence. And we live next to two cops. And so we're just like throwing it at the fence and we get stuck, you're like, yes! And then one just overshot it right over the fence Stuck right into their dog. I'm just kidding. Didn't happen. (laughs) That neighbor was not happy. Foolishness. And my parents were out on a date and we had a babysitter. And the babysitter got chewed out by her. Oh, man, I got so much trouble for that. Oh, man. The babysitter took the fall. Man. Foolishness. So fools are dangerous to society, to their neighbors, but they're also immoral. Anyone that rejects God, that breaks God's law, Psalm 14 says that the fool says in his heart that there is no God. A fool says in his heart that there is no God. So, that is the fool. But what is a fool like? I kind of gave you some illustrations. But I want to look at three categories as I was studying all 64 of the passages in in the Hebrew for the word fool fool i put it almost every single verse fit into one of three categories the fool either the fool's desires the fool's speech or the fool's actions and so what is the fool like we're going to see what the fool is like in his desires in his mouth his speech and his actions. so starting with desires what is the fool like now let's look at your sheet here let's just read these verses together the, fool, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of all knowledge, Proverbs 1, seven. But fools, they despise in their heart. They hate wisdom and instruction. They hate to be taught. They're not teachable. They're prideful. Proverbs one twenty two describes the fool's desires. How long, O simple ones, will you love being simple? How long will scoffers delight in their scoffing and fools hate knowledge? So fools, what are they like in their desires? They, they despise wisdom and, destruct, uh, and, and instruction. They delight in scoffing and they hate knowledge. Proverbs thirteen nine, says, number three right there on their sheet. A desire fulfilled is sweet to the soul, but to turn away from evil is an abomination of fools, to fools. So f- what is it saying there? It's saying that fools hate to turn away from sin means that they love their sin they love it they cherish it they treasure it they give they give uh, credence to to those to keep on sin they encourage sin they call what is evil good and what is good evil proverbs 15 5 look at this verse describes a fool a fool despises his father's instruction. A fool speeds and goes above the speed limit, too. That guy burning out over there. A a fool despises his father's instruction. But whoever heeds reproof is prudent. So a fool is a child who does not heed their parents' instruction. Who does not honor or respect them, but talks back to them. Says, But mom, but dad, maybe just like that. (laughs) And they talk back to them. That's that's a fool. Proverbs twenty-six twelve and twenty-eight twelve here says, Do you see a man who is wise in his own eyes? There's more hope for a fool than him. Whoever trusts in his own mind is a fool. But he who walks in wisdom will be delivered. And so a fool never seeks counsel, they're unteachable, they identify themselves with how they feel. What they think is who they are. And so it's like, oh, if I think it or if I desire it, I'm just going to do it. The Bible says that that is the fool. Our world is saying your authentic self, 6th grader through 12th grader, is who you are in your feelings. That's what our world believes. The Bible says whoever trusts in his own mind or his own heart is a fool. That person is a fool who trusts. In his inward self. You know, you all know this. If I must feel, if I feel this way, then I must be that way. Right? If it feels good, then I should do it. That's trusting in one's own mind. That's the fool. So that's the fool's desires. That's what he's like. Now let's look at the uh, the fool's mouth here. The fool's mouth. Out of all the references I scanned over <laughs> about the fool, most of them have to do with the tongue, with our words. You can point out a fool by how they speak. So look at the verses here. Proverbs 10:18, The one who conceals hatred has lying lips, and whoever utters slander is a fool. You know what slander is? It's to revile someone else. It's to tear down someone else. It's to talk bad about someone else behind their back. It's about... It, it, slander is texting your friends about someone else and all of their problems. T- slander is making fun of other people and all of their problems and what they are like. God hates slander and gossip and fools are slanderous. They just let their mouth run, talking and tearing down other people. Proverbs twelve twenty three. then continue on. We'll learn more. A prudent man conceals knowledge, but the heart of, a f- of fools proclaims folly. They love to spread false teaching. They love to f- spread worldly ideas. Proverbs 15, 2. Let's continue on here. The tongue of the wise commends knowledge, but the mouths of fools pour out folly. I just think of a sewer, like sewage, like a sewage tube, and out of it is all this sewage coming. That's the fool's mouth. Have any, has any one of you thrown up before? No. Okay, that is the fool's speech, okay? It's like vomit. It's disgusting, right? Always pouring forth folly. Folly is anything that does not honor God. It's anything that, that champions sin or praises sin or wrongdoing. And then look what it says. So the heart of the, the mouth of the fool pours out folly like a sewage, but then it says the heart of him who has understanding seeks knowledge. That's the wise person, but the mouths of foo- fools, feed on folly so if folly is the sewage that comes out of a fool's mouth fools also like to eat sewage they like to eat their sin they like to the, to meditate on it is the is the word picture out of the heart the mouth speaks so if the mouth is pouring forth sewage worldly filth what do you think is in the heart making the connection let's continue on here proverbs 18 2 and 29 11 a fool takes no pleasure in understanding but only in expressing his opinion that's big that's big today a fool gives full vent to his spirit but a wise man quietly holds it back how many of you have lost control or in a conversation you're like i'm just expressing myself i need to express what i feel I'm just venting here. I mean, it's, it's no big deal. I'm just venting. What does the Bible say? A fool gives full vent to his spirit. Part of the reason why I deleted Twitter is because it is the perfect cesspool to give full vent to all of your thoughts in your heart. Social media can be that as well. I love this verse. I want to get it tatted on my knuckles here proverbs eighteen six through 7 a fool's lips walks into a fight and his mouth invites a beating a fool's mouth is his ruin and his lips are a snare of his soul were any of you watching the grammys or did you hear about it with this guy this comedian his name was i think chris stone or chris rock and he started making fun of this other guy's wife and his mouth literally invited a beating <laughs> it's literally this verse in action This is the fool. This is his mouth. Jesus says in Luke 6:45, "The good person out of the good treasure of his heart produces good, and the evil person out of the evil treasure produces evil, for out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks." What is coming out of your mouth, student? Are you taking part in those locker room discussions? Many of you are homeschooled, so in public school we had locker rooms with just the guys. And they love to talk about sexual immorality, sexual things, objectifying women, cussing, swearing, joking about things that we shouldn't. A fool loves to joke about sinful things. Are, do, you, do you take part in it when you hear, girls, when you hear other women that are slandering and gossiping men can do this too for sure their parts not just the women do you take part in it do you laugh in it do you give credence to it or do you shut it down or do you walk away because to enter into those things means that you are a fool so we've already seen what a fool is like in his desires (laughs) foolishness starts in the heart and the Bible is clear that all those who are in Adam, that are outside of Christ, that have not trusted in Jesus Christ, have a heart of stone and a dead heart, and they're bent on foolishness. Romans actually talks about this. Romans 1.21, you could write that down if you want. That's not the right verse there. Romans 1.21 says this. For although they knew God, talking about those that are unrighteous, they did not honor God or give thanks to God to him, but they became futile in their thinking, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools, and they exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man and birds and animals and creeping things. And we know that they're fools because out of the heart the mouth speaks. As I just red now the third category actions folly not only shows itself in its words but also in reckless and immoral behavior okay so let's turn our page this little sheet that I gave you go to the other side here and let's look at these verses proverbs 132 for the simple are killed by their turning away and the, complac- the complacency of fools destroys them. So fools are complacent. They don't care about their neighbor. They only care about themselves. They're complacent in their actions. Proverbs 13, 16. Every prudent man acts with knowledge, but a fool flaunts his folly. Right? Every secular song that boasts of their whatever thing that they've ever had or done is folly right a fool flaunts his folly the only good news about this verse is that we have fail videos that we can now watch of people flaunting their folly right right a fool is not only someone who's immoral but also a danger to themselves and other people and those what are they I watched this and I'm like what were you thinking what were you thinking right and they flaunt their folly you know I, how many camps have we been to like some kid just sprays the axe can everywhere and he's like Dude, i sprayed the axe can just flaunting his folly right it's kind of funny okay that, that's funny if you did that i would laugh but you get the idea of flaunting you guys know what flaunting means right it means to show off your folly proverbs thirteen twenty. whoever let's let's continue here whoever walks with the wise becomes wise you listen to that? Whoever walks with the wise becomes wise. But the companion of fools will suffer harm. Fools bring suffering to other people. I've seen this. Many students that used to have a, a friend group that loved the Lord but have slowly drifted away because they've attached themselves to a companion, a companion of fools. And bad morals or bad company corrupt good morals. And they suffer harm spiritually, sometimes physically for it. Proverbs 14, 16, what is the fool like in his actions? The one who is wise is cautious and turns away from evil. But a fool is reckless and careless. Again, they don't care what they do. They are reckless with their lives. They endanger other people. They endanger other people spiritually spiritually. They're reckless in their theology. They're careless in their theology. Proverbs 17.10 A rebuke goes deeper into a man of understanding than a hundred blows into a fool. So a fool cannot take rebuke. Always self-defensive, self-justifying. And just to wrap it up, this one is a great image here. Proverbs 26.11 Like a dog that returns to its vomit is a fool who repeats his folly. They just keep going back to their sin. Like a dog that goes back to sniff its own mess that it just made. So the sinner, the fool, after sinning and indulging, he goes and he leaves it. And then he comes back and he does it again and again. He is enslaved to his sin. That is the fool. He can't help it. He's bent on doing sin. And the Bible talks about this. He's dead in sin. He loves his vomit, his spiritual vomit, which is sin. That's what sin is. It's that disgusting. That's why I love the Proverbs. It uses such vivid imagery. (laughs) And that's why I printed this out for you because I want you to have these verses. You keep it in your Bible. So along with these truths, the fool in summary is a lawbreaker. He or she is a glutton, a slugger. They are lazy. They're a quarreler, disrespectful to authority. They talk back and argue with their parents. They run to sin. They love their sin. They try to fix their sin. The greatest fool is the self-righteous Pharisee in the church who believes that they could pass the test of God's holiness on the basis and the grounds of their good works. That's the greatest fool, is someone that knows the truth about God and of the gospel and yet relies on their own good works to save them. Jesus said this of the Pharisees, Jesus called them blind fools in Matthew 23, 17. So the question that follows is this, then. What is the, a fool's end? Where is the fool heading? What happens to the fool according to Proverbs? Okay, let's read these four verses. And these, I want you to circle these words. He who sires a fool gets himself sorrow. I want you to circle Sorrow. That's the end of a fool. That's where he's heading. Sorrow. And a father of a fool has no joy. Proverbs three thirty-five. The wise will inherit honor, but fools get disgrace. Circle disgrace. Proverbs 23, or 26, 3. A whip... For the horse, a bridle for the donkey, and a rod for the back of fools. They feel the pain of discipline. The consequences of their sin leaves them in spiritual pain. They're disciplined. And Proverbs 10, 8, 10, and 14 says this three different times. A babbling fool will come to ruin. Circle, ruin. A babbling fool will come to ruin. It says again, circle, ruin. The mouth of a fool brings ruin near. And so the end, where the fool is headed, is spiritual ruin in hell forever and ever. That's where they are heading. It's pretty crazy. And this is consistent with the New Testament. Romans 1, as I read, Paul says that the wrath of God is upon the fool. And Jesus in Matthew 23, in the context of calling Pharisees blind fools, is cursing them for their actions, saying, Woe is you! And so, friends, at this, and this is the point. As I've read all this, I'm sure that there's not one verse that you're like, Oh man, that's me. What does that mean? It means that we're all fools. Every single one of us. We've all broken these principles. We're all lawbreakers. We live in a foolish world that produces foolishness and then praises that foolishness. And some of us, we have taken part in that. And what we deserve is utter ruin. And some of you are on that path. You're on the path to destruction right now. And so this leads with the last section, is there any hope for fools like you and me? Is there any hope for fools like you and me? I'm glad that Proverbs isn't the only book in the Bible, because there is good news for each of us, but it's something that we don't naturally expect. In fact, the message of Christianity and the Bible seems like foolishness to the natural man. And it is. How so? Because your only hope and my only hope to receive forgiveness from your folly is through a lowly, humble, poor, despised, non-beautiful in appearance, friend of sinners, a carpenter who had no place to lay his head, Jesus. Salvation is through this homeless man, Jesus who was despised and mocked and this Jesus accomplished our salvation through an ancient Roman torture technique called crucifixion. And so any natural man says, wait, you're saying Christians, the good news is about this man who dies on this torture equipment thing. How is that? What? How does that make sense? That is foolishness. And here's the good news. The hope of the fool lies in the folly of the cross. Folly to the world, but to those who see their folly and see their need for a savior, the cross is not foolish. It is the power of God unto salvation. The good news is that the almighty wise creator of heaven and earth has stooped down to earth in the person of Jesus, who is fully man and fully God. And he lives in absolute purity and wisdom, yet he dies a fool by taking all of our folly upon himself and the ruin that we deserved and the sorrow that we deserved and the disgrace that we deserved and the rod of wrath that we deserved was poured out on Jesus. you understand that? It was poured out on Jesus. He faced the sorrow. He faced the disgrace. He faced the discipline and the ruin so that those who simply look to him by faith may be saved. That those, from their foolishness and their folly. <laughs> People say, Yeah, I'm, I'm saved. Saved from what? Saved from sin and folly. And Jesus provides out salvation in himself by taking our place on a foolish cross. Yet he dies and he rises again. He's alive today. And fools of this world are being saved. By wisdom incarnate, Jesus Christ. What do I mean by that? I want you to turn in your Bibles to 1 Corinthians. I want to end here. 1 Corinthians. This is a key passage in order to understand the whole entire book of Proverbs. If you don't get this, you don't understand wisdom. Okay? Because Paul says some really interesting things about wisdom. And he's going to talk about our great salvation here. 1 Corinthians. It's in the New Testament. 1 Corinthians 1, 18 through 30 it says this for the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing but to those who are being saved it is the power of God for it is written I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and the discernment of the discerning I will thwart where's the one who is wise in this world where's the scribe where's the great debater of this age has not god made foolish the wisdom of the world remember the wisdom of the world is actually foolishness right for since the wisdom of god for since in the wisdom of god the world did not know god through wisdom It pleased God through the folly of what we preach to save those who believe. Verse 22, for Jews demand miracles and Greeks seek wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified, which is a stumbling block to the Jews because they have to turn away from their good works and trust in Jesus Christ's work for them. And it's a folly to the Gentiles. But those who are being called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God so Christ is the power of God and the what wisdom of God Christ is the wisdom of God verse 25 for the foolishness of God is wiser than men and the weakness of God is stronger than men verse 26 for consider your calling brothers Christians here not many of you were wise according to the worldly standards Not many of you were powerful. Not many of you were born in palaces or of noble birth. But God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world, even things that are not, to bring to nothing things that are, so that no human being might boast in the presence of God. And because of him... You, believers, are in Christ Jesus who became to us, what? Wisdom from God. Righteousness and sanctification and redemption so that as it is written, let the one who boasts, boasts in the Lord. Key, he, the key is that Jesus is the wisdom of God. He is the wisdom of God. Remember that verse that I read to you? Proverbs thirteen twenty. Whoever walks with the wise will become wise. So who's the wise? Jesus. Jesus is the wisdom of God. Whoever walks with Jesus is wise. The one who is wise is cautious and turns away from evil. That's Jesus. He's the ultimate wise man, right? (laughs) Jesus is the prudent man who acts with knowledge. He is the ultimate wise person. He feared the Lord perfectly. We need to turn away from our folly and look to Jesus, to behold him, the wisdom of God, and those who trust in him, all that is Christ become yours. All that is his becomes yours. You want to be wise? You must first receive Jesus by faith. You must repent and turn from your folly and and confess your sin and cling to Jesus. Say, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. That is the only way you will ever be wise. That is the only way you will defeat your folly in your life. It is the only way you will have power to grow in wisdom is through the folly of the cross, is through Jesus Christ. So in closing, applying all these verses to us. Now that we are saved, those of us that are Christians, we don't want to be fools. So we read these verses and we despise what the fool is because that's what we once were. But now we want to pursue wisdom. We want to pursue Christ. So in the end, don't be a fool. Fear God and obey his commandments for that is the beginning of knowledge. Repent and believe the gospel. Father God, thank you so much for... Proverbs, thank you that you are wisdom incarnate, Lord. Thank you that you are the wisdom of God. Thank you that we know how to be wise because you walked among us. And this is good news because wisdom isn't just about trying harder, being more disciplined or, you know, memorizing more verses, though that's a great thing. It's really about trusting in Jesus Christ and looking to him and allowing the gospel, the good news, to shape us and transform us and heal us and remove all the folly in our lives. God, I pray that you would bless the rest of this night in our discussion groups and just that we would have wonderful fellowship together, that we would be not known for tearing down people with our words, but building each other up, stirring one another up for good works, God. Why? Because we want to honor and glorify you. Because we fear God. In Jesus' name, amen.